Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when we sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts every single day. Ruto, Megan, and Jesse coming at you live today. Jesse coming from Avalanche practice. Uh, it's not even the regular season and we're already doing optionals. So mm-hmm. fun. <laughs> yeah. And going based off what Bednar said. That week between uh, the last preseason game and the first regular season game. Yeah. Those first few days are going to be light on the built-in content for us. So (laughs) we'll see. Look, just gives us a little bit of time to talk Eagles, right? That's right. Calculated. Calculated place there. (laughs) Something like that. Uh, so yeah, they didn't even make any cuts today. Those cuts are expected to come at the earliest tomorrow night after the game, probably really not till Thursday morning. So not a ton to talk about on that front, which we already kind of covered our thoughts on, on who's left, at least on the forward side. Uh, Can I, uh, interject a little bit here? (laughs) No, if you got thoughts, go off. Well, they weren't necessarily my thoughts. And by not necessarily, I mean, they weren't my thoughts. But I asked Jared Bednar, you know, we, we asked him, hey, obviously you had a bunch of those, you know, you have a bunch, he, he refers to them as decision guys, um, guys that they're trying to figure out roster, not on the roster, AHL, whatever. Um, and he was saying, look, we're wanting to get more looks at them. We're not going to make any cuts. It sounds like most of them will play again tomorrow. He said it'll be a similar lineup uh, as to what we saw last night, <clears throat> maybe with a couple more veteran forwards sprinkled in. Um he said he thought everybody last night that he considers a decision guy, excuse me, was just okay. I asked him if he thought anybody, if anybody he thought stood out in a positive way, do you guys have any guesses as to who he said? Of the, of the decision guys. Yeah. From last night. Myers. Okay. Rudo? I, I don't know. If it's not Myers, it couldn't be anyone but Cout, right? Bleed. No. Why mm. is he attached to See, pumping Bleed's tires? This is, this is why I tweeted yesterday that it's going to be Bleed and we can all be big mad about it. Uh, and it was so funny because when I when we asked him what, what, what it was that he liked, he listed off all of the things that we talk about Jared Bednar loving like oh I love the way he attacks the puck and he battles along the wall and his forecheck is great um but yeah when I put when I pressed him on did of the guys that you thought were just okay anyone in particular that stood out as the most okayest and yeah he said that that bleed was his his biggest standout from last night now the other thing with this I just tweeted this out um or maybe I haven't quite tweeted it yet doesn't matter um, he did say that they are looking to fill three opening night spots, Landy helm. And then the one spot that was up for grabs to begin with. <clears throat> so that obviously that means to me, helm isn't going to be ready to go. And we are looking at three of these guys being on that opening night roster. And again, the conversation always does come back to, um, will they have to stick beyond that. But I do think, I need to, at least I'll speak for myself, widen my scope of who I thought we were potentially looking at here because uh, it does look like three of these guys will be in the lineup come opening night. Uh, we'll see. I, my, I guess my question there is we did see them play both McDermott and McDonald at forward. Yep. And so. then I saw your message, Megan. <laughs> um, Jacob McDonald did ask him, uh, did ask Bednar, hey, did something happen? Jacob McDonald was at the ring today, saw him walking around, looked fine. Uh, but Bednar said that it was lower body. He tweaked something. Uh, and that was, um, yeah, why he was he was pulled out. Why he didn't finish that game last night. Why he wasn't skating this morning. Okay. Yeah. Kind of curious, too. We talked about last night, like, who our first anticipated round of cuts were. And I woke up this morning, and I didn't really include Maltsev in that conversation and I wondered, you know, I don't think he was one of the players that optional skate today, too. But I just didn't know if we felt like he was someone that might be in that first round of reassignments. Did he play last night? No. He didn't. 
and the opportunities he had were not great. Yeah, I was going to say, I almost wonder if he's if he's dealing with something because why? Because he didn't skate today. He didn't play yesterday. Um, yeah, you almost wonder why are you even keeping him around at this point? <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, again, Bednar said not any one of them played great the other day, but I don't think we've seen a single great day out of Maltsev, to be honest, this preseason. It, it, part of the reason why we haven't talked about him is he just – hasn't kept up with some of these other guys mm-hmm. so yep if it's injury that be sucks but one of those yeah, That's fine. yeah. I, honestly it's probably more of a conversation than we've talked about but like if there is injury it's the fastest way to not be a conversation about it yeah. so yeah but yeah so those were kind of the the big updates from from the ring today um yeah, I, I was a little surprised to hear him say bleed um, as as his kind of like big standout, not big standout, but who kind of emerged from amongst the guys last night. But look, we talked about it. We talked, we talked about it on yesterday's show. Like it is one of those things where they've, they've churned out enough of these guys that like turn out to be okay at the NHL level that I'm like, obviously he's smarter than I am when it comes to this. Like he knows more about hockey than I do, but I don't see that. But again, at a certain point, I'll just I'll default to Jared Bednar because disappointed but not surprised. Yeah, right, 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 right. right. I tr- way what was more that? Than my own. Oh, I trust yeah. his judgment way more than my own. So yeah. I trust Jared Bednar. I mean, yes. Look, Jared Bednar is a head coach for a reason. Not <laughs> yeah. not going to beat any around any bushes, but at the same time, it's a guy who played Sheldon Dries for forty games. Guy who played Jason Magno for like twenty games. It worked. It's it, it, look, and yeah, look, they won a Stanley Cup. I'm, like I'm you can't like... complain. But also, you look at that and you're like, I mean, if you play <clears throat> anyone else in that role, does it make a difference? <laughs> Where I always come back to when we have this conversation, especially about like yeah, like Jason Magno and stuff. To me, that is always more of an indictment on the prospect than it is on the coaching staff. Because it, again, I just I always come back to, you know, when we when we talk about, oh, why would you call up Jason Megman instead of Martin Cout? It's like, let's ask Martin Cout that question. Why, yeah. why did Jason Megna get a call up over you? What aren't you doing? I always try to keep that in mind because, again, when you see this stuff, like there there, there are some of these where it feels like again, we all seem to see it in one way, right? Like the four of us, we look at it and we're like, yeah, no, I, I think we even had bleed as part of our, like, well, there's your easy cut. <clears throat> so it, you almost do have to step back at a certain point and be like, okay, well, what <laughs> either, what is it that they're looking for that we don't understand? Or what is it they are all seeing that none of us, none of us are seeing. Better and like, yeah yeah you you you, you may be maybe exactly spot on but like you do just sit there at a certain point and say okay is martin count like giving people wedgies or something like that like in the dressing room that like and, and everyone just hates him or something um because you know there there has to be something right look i'm sure the abs have their reasons and you know we'll probably never really know the full extent of what they are that's just the way it is uh, but the question I always ask on the other side of that is why there is obviously more upside in giving that opportunity to a younger player. Mm-hmm. You can definitely get more out of him in the long run. And I get it. A head coach doesn't care about what he can get out of a player two years from now. He's trying to win every single game right now. Right. So I understand it, but I also am a bit confused as to what the downside is because yeah, unless you drop him in for a game and he like actively goes minus three and costs you the game, which in the amount of playing time those guys get is pretty tough to do. <laughs> I just don't see a significant difference, whether it's Megna, Sheldon Dries, Martin Kaut, you could play just about any AHL or in that role and it would be more or less the same thing. Right. Do you want to know what I think it is? Go ahead, man. Go ahead. I think they're prone to making similar types of mistakes. It's just harder to watch a prospect make them on such a big stage. 
And I feel like this context of this season, the start of it especially, there's no better time to tinker with prospects because they already have an idea of what they want their playoff lineup to look like right now. And there's just going to be maybe some question marks as we saw what they did with the trade deadline last year, that if they have holes to fill, they're capable of doing that. But there's no better time, I feel like, to let them run the prospects than the start of this season because it's this run-it-back year where they already have a good idea of the pieces in the lineup that they want to keep intact. Yeah, I mean, last year's a a great (laughs) example, not just with the Sampo thing, but they started the year 4-5-1, and and it just didn't matter. Mm-hmm. because you have the rest of the year to get healthy, play your, your normal roster players. You have some leeway at the start of the year. Play a prospect. Oh, he sucks? All right, well, he had a <laughs> shot. Move on. <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's again, because you, you, you try to figure out what it is that is being done differently than what you think or whatever. And, and I as we're having this conversation, I go back to the word that Greg Cronin used, which was the reliability um, of Jared wants to know that if these guys get stuck out on an icing and again, I, I, I really do. I think it's not necessarily, will these guys make the same mistakes? Will they make different mistakes? I, I just think that Jared Bednar looks at it as I know what Jason Magna is going to do. I know what mistakes he's going to make. He's kind of a known quantity Again, I'm not necessarily saying that that's a good or bad thing, but I just, that was something that kind of stuck with me when Cronin uh, told us that we're looking for the reliability. And so I do just sit there and like, <laughs> you know, all jokes aside about veteran is it really just Bednar going? I know, I know when Jason Magna is going to mess up. I know where his shortcomings are so I can account for that. I don't know where they are with Martin Cowden, if he gets caught out on an icing, I don't know how to account for that. Again, I'm just spitballing here. I'm not. It, I, I, I actually think you're spot on. Um, but, and I get that every NHL head coach is, is more or less in that line of thinking, right? They, they're looking for consistency to a certain level. But at a certain point, wouldn't you take the unknown over consistently bad? <laughs> And I'm not saying Jason Magna is no. consistently bad. He was no, fine for 20 games, but again, it's it's like, do you want the known quantity that you know is, or do you want like maybe better than that? Right. Uh, again, like I, I sit here and I'm like, well, <laughs> this is what I do, but obviously that's not. Yeah. I, I, it's just, it's just so interesting because as much as we try to sit here and rationalize it, the only person that really knows is is Bednar. Um, yep. Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's odd when they do stuff that goes against what all four of us think because we have we have a relatively like diverse way that we think about hockey. You know what I mean? Like we all look yep. at it a little bit different, and it's just so interesting when when the team does something that it's like, huh. None of us had that on our bingo card. That is just, it's, it's just really interesting. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, it's, it's always interesting to look at how NHL teams answer those questions. And I don't want to pat ourselves on the back, but we've all been around the sport for a very long time. It, we're not NHL head coaches, but it's not like we don't know what we're talking about. Right, right, right. Oh, right. I'd like to think that I have, some decent level of, of hockey knowledge. And when I watch guys, I watering this down as much as possible. I'd like to think I have a relatively good grasp over who's good, who's not as good, whatever. Um, but every now and then he said bleed this morning. And I was like, wow, really? <laughs> okay. First time he has name dropped bleed, like, and said something positive, but before it's been on the trail end of other people, he said ahead of bleed that bleed has felt like an afterthought. So I kind of thought he was doing it to be courteous, but now I'm beginning to think he just really likes bleed. Yeah. No, he said, I thought everybody was just okay. So then I followed up. I was like, okay, well, they were all just okay. Was there any one of them that stood out above the rest? And he said, I thought bleed was good. And then, went into what I said earlier. It doesn't need to be repeated. Okay. But yeah. So singled him out specifically when I asked about the group of Cow Bowers, um, 
hewed on bleed specifically is that just singled the him out. First guy on the list alphabetically, so <laughs> all the same. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, on that note, we are brought to you by Athletic Greens. If you're looking to take your immune system from just okay to good, might be the way to go. Go to athleticgreens.com slash avalanche today to order. It's just one scoop of water. It's one scoop of Athletic Greens into the water. Don't pour the water into the Athletic Greens. That would be bad. Uh, Every morning, it's great for your health. It's great for your immune system. A lot of athletes use it as part of their daily routine and their workouts. So it's just all around awesome. It's got 75 different vitamins and minerals in it. It's got a bunch of probiotics and all sorts of other stuff, too. When you order today at that athleticgreens.com slash avalanche website, you can also get a free year's supply of vitamin D with your order. So take control of your health and get yourself some Athletic Greens today. And then head on over to DraftKings Sportsbook. You can use code DNBR when you sign up over there to get amazing odds boosts every single day. But look, at this point, the football season is, is in full swing. I think you know who's good. You know who's not good in that league. So you can you can start making some money on football if you haven't been already, which, to be fair, with some of their deals, you should be making money off of football with things like the team gets up by a one point and your bet hits. Seems pretty good, but... If you're a new account with the DNVR code, you can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their next game, and you get $200 in free bets if they do. So go check it out today. Once you get the $200 in free bets, you can go bet it on the Avs to repeat. You can go bet it on the Nuggets to repeat. or Well, not repeat. I guess win. Repeat to make the playoffs. Is that is that a thing? Is that a phrase? I don't know. doesn't matter. Go over to the DraftKings. Sure. Download their app today. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. To DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Second period. The DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, Matt Barzell signs a eight-year, slightly over $9 million deal uh, with the New York Islanders. With the full extension, as it were. And it brought up an interesting conversation to me because we have seen, obviously, directly with the Avs, but also around the league, those eight-year deals starting to get used a little bit more, the Mm -hmm. full eight years of it. And I was curious, what do you guys think about length of NHL contracts? Obviously, you know, 15 years ago, People were signing insane 15 year deals. So I'm <laughs> safe to say it's better than that. But do we think eight years is too short, too long, right about right? Where are we standing with it? Megan, I'll let you start. I think, you know, it depends on the context a little bit. I think it can genuinely benefit both parties, player and organization, if the player signs the contract 25 or younger, kind of right in this Matt Barzell range. Um, and I, I think it benefits the organization quite a bit there just because of what years of hockey they're going to be getting out of that player later into the contract. And if an older player is able to sign that kind of deal, it benefits the player too just because they're locked into getting good amount of money later into their career as well. Um, it, it feels like it leans just a little bit long, but depending on when the player signs and what trajectory their career is on, it could benefit both parties pretty well. Like I look at the Nichushkin contract, I think it was seven, um, but that one's a little bit riskier just because of the age and, and might feel a little bit long in the end, kind of similarly with the Landeskog contract. But I'm looking at someone like Jason Robertson right now, who's in limbo and would be such an ideal candidate for this type of contract. He's perfect for it. And I, I don't know if Dallas is going to do that. And I don't see the reluctance there. Yeah. <clears throat> we were actually just having this conversation in the media room about length of deal and how are you going to start seeing more players want to, you know, bet on themselves shorter term and what does the eight year deal mean? Cause you've, we've seen it work both ways where a guy signs a long-term deal and either doesn't live up to it or, like what we saw happen with Nathan McKinnon way exceed the value of the deal 
honestly, I, I think the eight year thing, I think it's in a good spot right now. Um, just cause like Megan said, I think there is a timeline where we're seeing a lot of teams and players line it up well, so that it, it makes sense for the player. It makes sense for the team. And one of the ones that we were actually, sorry, as I'm trying to fight off a sneeze, <laughs> one of the players that we were talking about in, uh, the media room, damn it's just sitting right on the edge of your nose. There it is. There it is. Woo! Blessing. I was like, I'm just going to have to do this like two words at a time until it either <laughs> passes or I get to sneeze out. Uh, was Jack Hughes, right? Yeah. He signs the eight times eight. Um, probably, a, not probably. It was absolutely a more wealthy deal than he had earned at that point in his career. And again, that's one where you step back at it and you're like, that makes sense for both the player and the team that's the player saying, Hey, we think you are going to get here and we're going to overpay you the first couple of years, the last few years, you will be, you know, a little bit underpaid, but you'll kind of made that up. Um, and, and it just, it makes sense for, for both, for both parties. You go any term beyond eight years, you're putting at that point, Jack Hughes into his thirties doesn't really make sense for the team in case he doesn't live up to that deal. Uh, and then for Jack Hughes, anything beyond eight years, again, on the reverse side of that, if you really hit that stride in year three, four, well, shit, now you've got, you know, more than twice as long to wait till you can renegotiate. So I think they found a good spot with the eight years. The Ilya Kovalchuk, 17 years, 15 years, whatever. Um, I always thought that was so ridiculous. Um, no player is ever going to fulfill that long of a contract. Um, I mean, I guess Sidney Crosby's finishing well, up like a 12 year or something like that. It's, you know, I think that's an interesting conversation because in other major sports, you see to the extremes there in baseball, dudes sign insanely long contracts all the time. Um, and then on the other side in basketball, the supermax is a five year deal. Right. And I personally, I think basketball contracts are too short at that point. It becomes too hard to keep teams together right and it, it it's more difficult to understand the who a team is like at its core because guys are moving around so frequently yeah well and then the other thing that i'm so glad the nhl doesn't do and and rudo you can tell me I, i'm not sure what the mlb does uh, for this but i'm just so glad they don't do the renegotiating player option. Uh, I, I was going to bring up options because I was curious on if you guys wanted them or not in the NHL. No, no. I, I, cause they, they I, again, to me, it just, it makes me laugh because like Russell Wilson, right. Yep. Has two years left on the current deal. And the deal that they just gave him was, yeah, like five additional years, but they have the option to back out after the, term length of the original deal and only a portion of the new money. It's like, huh? What? Just when does the deal start? When does it end? I, I like the, the renegotiating and the player options and all that stuff to your point where like, it makes it so hard. Like LeBron James has like, signed 20 year contracts, but is also a free agent every summer somehow. <laughs> like, every time that dude signs, we're like, wow. Yeah. 80 year deal with the Lakers. And then two months later, like, will LeBron James hit free agency? It's like, <laughs> Why even sign the deal at that point? Why sign the contract if you can just opt out at any moment on either side? That's that's a shit contract. Like, like I, I just, I, I don't so, get that. You have to adhere to this unless you don't want to. Like, I mean, generally, I agree. I do like that the NHL contracts are very straightforward. There's not a whole lot of complexity to them. But... I do think options, at least on the player side, do give players a little bit more agency with things. They, You will run into less things like the, the Jerome McGinley trade at the end of his career. Guys, guys winding down their careers will just say, you know, I'm not going to take my option to play another year in this for this team. I'll go somewhere else. Uh, but and it's and the other interesting conversation here is the salary cap. 
the NHL is the only league with a real salary cap. I know mm-hmm. the NFL has one, but none of their contracts are guaranteed, so they can just cut people and it's fine. Uh, the MLB sort of has one, but really it doesn't. It's just luxury tax and same with the, the NBA. Mm-hmm. So that is is kind of the cap on, on NHL teams getting held together. Do we think the cap is a good thing? Let, let's start there. Is the cap good for the NHL? So it's, it's, <laughs> it's so hard. It's so hard because on one hand, I do think because of the salary cap, I think the NHL is the most competitive league one through 32. Um, and so that's good. Now uh, you can make the argument that if you go back and look at the last 15 years worth of Stanley cup champions, well, the parody maybe isn't quite what some people would have you believe it is. Um, teams kind of settle in for a decade plus in, in the top half of the league, typically, uh, it, like again, go back 15 years. It's a lot of Chicago. It's a lot of LA, <laughs> Pittsburgh, uh, Tampa. And so look, the, the, the parody maybe isn't quite what some people drum it up to be, but I genuinely do think through over the course of an 82 game season, the NHL does have the most competitiveness between its top team and its, and its worst team of the major four. Um, so that's, that's the positive side of it. And, and again, like you think back to the early two thousands and it was great being a kid growing up in Denver, but the early 2000s, the late 90s, it was... There were the, three the teams best. that could win right. the, the league. There were three. Right. <laughs> right. It was it was pretty, pretty obvious who the top teams were, and they had the highest payrolls. Part of the reason the abs were so bad for over a decade was it is traced back to that 04-05 lockout where they came out of that lockout with an insanely low salary cap, and the abs had whatever that grace period window was two years, three years to literally shed half of their salary. So that's why some of those trades that people remember Chris Drury being the one that people bring up the most. Oh my gosh. I can't believe they gave him away. It's like they had to, they had no other option. They had to just give some of these guys away in return for literally nothing. Cause they couldn't take on the cap hit. The, the, the only part where you, you would maybe like to see there be a luxury tax is some of the situations that, we've seen teams get into again, like the abs have historically where you're, you're literally having to lose really quality players that maybe you drafted, you developed just because they got good enough to a point where they're, you know, you can't, you can't afford them anymore. I'm not talking about the teams like Vegas who created a bunch of their own salary problems. Um, But again, even, even a team like that, if they had to pay a penalty, their owners had to be okay with paying a penalty for this season. I don't know. Like, wouldn't you rather see another more competitive team that's maybe paying a little bit in luxury tax than a team having to ship off high quality NHLers for nothing? Again, like Avs fans, it's hilarious because it's Vegas, so it's fine. Um, but yeah, you just you you. In, I mean, in a perfect world, yeah, but. You, you just know that NHL teams are going to abuse the hell out of it in reality. Oh, for sure. I'd almost like to see a, it's like a, like a, like a soft salary cap at whatever it is, 82 million, then a hard salary cap at like 90. But if you go like above the 82, you pay into a luxury tax or whatever, whatever, I, I, but the, having a, a second hard cap, I, there's the no thing is way. I, the thing is, I think the salary, the luxury tax just punishes teams that are, too poor to afford those players anyway but megan yeah go ahead i think that's the positive i see for the salary cap is growth of the game in maybe smaller markets or Mm -hmm. that have ownership that maybe don't have the means or the attitude to spend that kind of money on teams it helps to keep kind of like jesse was saying too each of the 32 teams competitive against one another it levels the playing field a little bit more and helps to grow hockey in markets that may have otherwise not grown um i i don't know what tampa looked like 
before, but I imagine that hockey market has grown into something that is even more marketable because of the team that they've been able to produce. And I think it leads into the strategy side of things too and forces front offices to be really tactful in contract negotiations and what types of players they bring to teams and how they construct a team. Yeah, That's the one part of it that I love. You know, we were having that, not debate, but we were talking on Twitter a couple weeks ago um, about the whole, you know, $10 million. No one has ever won a cup with a player over $10 million. And, you know, that's the number that people, that everyone has kind of picked. And AJ was saying on, on Twitter, he was like, well, you know, but what point are we trying to prove with this by drawing that line of demarcation? Because again, like Miko Rantanen's a nine point whatever million dollar player and they just won a cup. Are we really saying at that $500,000? But when we were talking, I was saying that the point I think that people try to make with it and $10 million was the easiest line to, to draw when the league first went to, had its first, you know, whatever, seven or eight figure contracts. Um, it's that point that you just made, Megan, that like in the NHL, your front office, like they have to play a big role. You can't have, uh, again, you know, what we've seen some of these NBA teams do over the last few years, just eh, acquire whoever, give out the biggest contracts in free agency and the owners the owners will just pay into the luxury tax. That is the, the, the positive about it. If you were asking me, would you change, if, if it came right down to it, if it was up to me, I, I honestly don't think I'd change anything about the way they do it. Like I said, that small little luxury tax and maybe you even put provisions. It has to be a guy that you drafted or whatever. I don't know. Uh, but honestly, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Megan. Like I like that it forces teams to have to be smart in the way they, they manage their cap. It makes it more impressive. In my opinion, the fact that Tampa has been to three straight finals and, you know, four finals since 2015 part of, to me, of what's so impressive about that is that their front office has been savvy enough to keep a group together. That's competitive enough to be able to do that while staying cap compliant. Kind of. I I think the real big part of it is I don't think you'd see storylines like Val Matrushkin. Yeah. Why would anyone take a salary cap floor risk on a guy who has not played well to this point in his career when you could just spend $4 million for a surefire thing in your bottom six? Mm -hmm. That's a great point. And obviously Val worked out better than anyone could have ever hoped, but. It's it's a lot harder to do that when the teams at the top can just say, yeah, let's pay the, the guy we know will be solid. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a great point, Rudo. It's a great Anyway, point. all this conversation is leading up to, can the Avalanche keep this core together two, three, four years from now, which we will get into, but we are brought to you by FOCO. You can go to FOCO.com today for all of your sports merchandise merch, officially licensed apparel from hat to Crocs. Uh, Jesse's about to go buy my, something my, on there right no, now. No, my Foco's out for delivery. Now that you said oh, that, I need. Uh, oh, it was it delivered. It's sitting on yeah. the front. While you're doing this right read, now. I'm going to go see if it's here, and we'll do a nice little Foco plug. There you go. He's going to pop out his Crocs or whatever nonsense he ordered. Unboxing. <laughs> so you can go over to Foco.com today. They still have a couple of Avs Stanley Cup bobbleheads left. Most of them are sold out. So if you want to get one. You got to get one of those right away. Uh, but they have tons of other stuff too, whether it be pins or all sorts of crazy things. They had underwear and pajamas on there at one point. <laughs> uh, lots of crazy merch and and also, you know, normal stuff like shirts, jerseys, that type of thing. So check out foco.com. Use code DNVR. I mean, check out there to get 10% off your purchase today. While we're waiting for Jesse to come back and show off whatever he's got there. We are also brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR, the Hootenanny, just four days away down at the farmhouse. It's going to be a fun little kickoff for, it's technically Breck's 32nd birthday, but if we just call it the regular season kickoff party, it'll be fine, right? That's You're good with it. Uh, it'll be fun. Uh, if you did see our Stanley Cup show, that field that we were in is the same place that the Hootenanny's going down. They have a bunch of bands coming. There's going to be a bunch of awesome music both October 8th and 9th. So go to breckbrew.com to check that out, get tickets today, and come have a a great time with Breck. Last but certainly not least, this Thursday, Broncos tailgate. Lots of good stuff. Obviously, you can drink, you can eat, you can do all that, whether it's Breck Brew 
We have Hassel Cattle Company back in the fold. I've been told by everyone who's gone to a tailgate that their uh, sausages are actually ridiculously good. So you got to come down and try some of that. Uh, yeah, I, it's been a minute since I've been down to a tailgate, but I'm going to have to get down to one soon. Oh, boy. He's back. I've never, I've never been to one. Never, well, you got to go to one at least. I have no frame of reference. I have mixed feelings about football. Oh, you go to, no, genuinely, you go to the tailgate and then you just leave. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's what I did. I, that's a very appealing idea. <laughs> Jesse is opening the box. I, I would like the- to say, good box safety. You actually cut away from yourself. Nobody does that. <laughs> Nobody does I that. got really good at opening packages during COVID. <laughs> How much stuff did you buy? Just two. I got two things. Are they bobbleheads? They are. They're packaged very safely. Very safely with a bunch of extra tissue in here. Handing this off to my assistant. (laughs) Is it your cat? (laughs) It is the cat. (laughs) Oh, look who it is. I was going to say, I heard the little beep. Enrique Ready? thought we were holding you hostage. I wasn't even home when you guys started. I think yeah. that's why he was worried. Like, okay, he's not home. So where is he? He's not with you guys. Buried him. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, Brandon did not fire me today. So you guys have to stick with me for another oh, that's year. That's unfortunate. He told us that he was. We didn't think he was going to be on the show. <laughs> wow. They don't mess around with safety at all. Yeah, that thing is packed in there. You ready for this Foco bobblehead reveal, AJ? Is that what this is right now? Yeah, yeah. There we go. It's very Ooh, shiny. I can't, yeah, I can't tell who that is through the plastic. I'm leaning in as if I'll be able yeah. to see okay. it any better. <laughs> uh, yeah, here we go. I'll uh, pull this one out of here. Was there even yeah, more? Yeah, impromptu like... boxing, unboxing. Yeah. I'm bobble- taking bobbleheads out of the box scares me so much. Oh, I believe it. <laughs> We have so many broken bobbleheads in the office. I understand why. Yeah, it's right, a lot right. of broken bobbleheads. <laughs> They're just so fragile. Rich. And he's got he's, he's got a little uh, styrofoam neck thing to keep his head from bobbling too much in the in the box. Go. But there we go. Is it Mac? No, it's huh? Miko. It's Miko. Yeah. Oh. Doesn't look there like it. There we go. You don't think so? No. It looks up. It looks. He's a little like too brutal. I feel a little. Yeah, the same. I think I think that looks like him. So there's Miko. Yeah. The face, the features are good. The coloring is well. Yeah, the hair, the hair is not Miko at all. Deceptive, exactly. The features though <laughs> look good. The cup looks good. Yeah, so the cup, cup does look good. Tiny. Um, we can keep the conversation moving while I open this other one. Yeah. yeah what are you guys talking about today? Uh, well, first of all, we can get AJ's thoughts on this. We were talking about the contract structure of the NHL. Yo, you think, oh, is this ahead. off the back of Matt Barzell getting eight years and yes. every, every guy that is 23 years old is getting an eight year deal. That is exactly what it's off the back of. Yes. Cool. That was a lot of money for Matt Barzell. Just given the last couple seasons that he's had, that was a big leap of faith by the Isles. It sure was. I don't know what the fuck Lou is doing, man. I, <laughs> That sounds like par for the course for Lou, to be honest. Anyway, okay, go ahead. Uh, Anyway, we're talking about NHL contract structure. Both Jesse, well, certainly Jesse, very against things like player options, stuff like that, getting back into the league. And how do you feel about the length of, of contracts in the NHL? Do you think eight is too long? Do you think it's too short? Do you think it's just right? I think it's too long. I think they should be capped at six. It's pretty short. I think that, well, the NBA is capped at, like, like what, four? Like and we talked five, about how bad we think that is. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, that's and too short. <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's great for the player empowerment, player movement, things like that. But what we've seen is the result is that it holds franchises hostage. Now, NBA players, because individuals have that kind of power, um, they can change a franchise like that. But um, NHL players can't in that way. Like as we can, as we've seen, Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl in Edmonton have not been close to enough 
Yeah. And if you get two tip top superstars in the NBA, you're a championship contender. Like just no bones about it. Um, but I do, I do think that uh, probably a little too long at eight. I don't. I, I love it for the players, but because that's great security for them. But I, I don't love it. I, I just think that very few of those contracts end well, and that, to me that just says they're just too long. So I would probably cap it at six personally. Okay, and then the conversation we're about to get into. Realistically, how effectively can the Avs hold this championship core together over the next five years? Now, obviously, they have some key pieces locked up, McKinnon, McCarr, Landeskog, but this conversation really specifically becomes about Devon Taves and Miko Rantman over the next four years. I and think they probably have to choose between those that. two. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't think trading Sam Gerrard is enough. But not knowing what New Hook and Byram are going to make it makes Taves certainly very difficult. I'm curious to see what kind of year Devon Taves has with the rise of Bowen Byram. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Megan, are are you in the the same boat here? Do you think it has to be it? one or the other, Taves or Between Taves and Miko? Taves and Miko. Yeah, and honestly, the Byram component is big just because of, even though they shed, presumably, EJ's contract soon, I still think that it's not enough um, with whatever the extension for Byram is going to end up being. And maybe that's overly optimistic, but I just think that he's on the rise and is going to take a huge step forward. There's just so much fewer spots on the defensive side. If Byron rises, he proves he can play on the top pairing. Devontae is now a second pairing defenseman, right? Yeah. Are you going to, can you justify paying $9 million for Devontae's next deal? He'll be in his thirties and what Devontae's next deal looks like will be fascinating. He will already be 31 years old when that, when, when the new, his new deal starts. So what what is the team going to give him? Are they really going to give him a seven year deal? Are they going to give him a five year deal? Um, you know what what does that look like? And uh, do they really would somebody really give him nine million dollars? They're going to give him seven million dollars just because of his age and you know because uh, I think if it's seven million, then I think the Avs could make a serious push to keep him. I think if it's closer to nine or ten, it's oh, hard, well, man. And on the flip side, you have Miko Rantanen, who, if Alex Newhook rises, Miko plays the wing, Newhook probably playing center. It doesn't quite clash as much as it would on the defensive side. Uh, the other option, though, if Miko continues to play like he is, is he an $11 million player? Well, and that's that's where <laughs> the timing is going to be really hard for Miko because... Uh, some of these some of these elite guys are going to reset markets here. Yep. They're going to get 14 or 15 million and Miko's going to have he's a wing, so that helps Colorado keep it down a little bit. But he's probably going to be able to make a strong argument for something in the 13 million dollar range. Give a million either side, but 13 million I think should should be everybody's starting expectation for his next deal. So it, the other conversation here is Taves' deal ends probably right as the cap is going up, and then Miko's deal one year later. Yeah. So both of these guys have timed their contracts quite well as far as teams should have money to spend. Yeah, when it when when the time comes now, does that help the Abs or does that hurt them? Because free agency teams are going to be knocking with lots of dollars. <clears throat> Don't know. <laughs> We'll see, uh, right? Yeah, I was gonna say, I mean, I think that's where you'll go back to. So, how old will Miko be when that deal is done? 28, I believe. So, I mean, like, do you go eight years on, on a 28 year old Miko? They just did on Landeskog and Nachushkin. So, I mean, like, is that where you maybe cut the yeah, cost to... down a touch? Yeah. 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 Can we can beat out what? some teams are offering you in the open market by giving you a full extra year. 
That's another piece I we didn't I didn't make mention of when we were talking about the eight year thing. I do like that they have the advantage for the home team, yeah. Resigning. I think that's a nice um it's like a nice advantage without really giving an advantage, if that makes sense. Like it is not, an advantage like, because when we were talking about McKinnon and we were talking, oh, what's yeah. he gonna get on the open market? We talked about it. He would have to, in order to make significantly more money, he would have had to push $15 million a year mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of the difference of the seventh versus the eighth year. That eighth yep. year is a huge home. It's basically your hometown advantage. Your hometown discount comes in the form right. of being willing to give an eighth season versus uh, being able to only go seven. Um, it's just, it's a nice little like added. Huge financial thing for the extra team. And it, and it, it makes it yeah. so that, the the teams like the team the teams that actually uh struggle to retain guys have a chance there because they can just say look Here's an we, eight can, year. we can pay you significantly more money here than the other guys can if you want to leave it has to be because you really want to leave like what Gaudreau did to, to Calgary he ended up taking quite a bit less money right to end up in Columbus wasn't even where he wanted to go right 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 yeah, no, it uh like I said, I, I, I like it in terms of it, it, it gives that that team an edge without like actually outright like giving them a new set of rules. So and overcomplicating it. Gun to your head. You have to pick one. Miko or Taves? Miko. It's Miko. Okay. Yeah. That's why I said that at the beginning of the show, or before we went Four live. Four years they, younger, they won't they won't lose Miko. Whatever whatever ends up happening, unless Miko just straight up is like, no, nah, I I want to go. Mm-hmm. He, he'll stay, and they'll they'll. Or do if he wants like have. fifteen million dollars or something, like that's one we are just like, jeez, dude. Yeah, if it's something completely unreasonable, it's like, cool, good luck. The problem, I think, maybe not the problem, but maybe the fear is that they plan for, they plan to make the choice between Miko and Taves. And so they lose Taves the year before. And then then if they can't, at that point, you have to keep Miko. Regardless of what what the money situation is that he wants. Like, you're, you're kind of forced to being like, well, we have to keep him now. We picked one. Uh, and so that's that's where you you kind of give away contract leverage if you do get put into that situation. An agent is going to hammer that home. All right. Apparently, our producer just put up a poll on YouTube. If you go to our uh, our community page, you can vote. Did uh, did no, we take not, a look at the not on our community page? It's on our uh, just the video. People can. Oh, see. it's on. Oh, I that's a thing. We can do yep. that. All right, vote then. Yeah. Here, I'll more show you more plug here. Yo, that one's kind of sick. Makar, Con Smythe. Yeah, there you go. Everyone, there's like 10% for Taze. All right, Rannon is dominating. Wait, um, Jesse, show it again. Oh. So, yeah, it's the, again, I got the little, little neck thing still in there. But, yeah, it's Makar, Con Smythe one. Got the little, uh, the base is like kind of sick, final patch. But yeah, so there, there we go. There's there's the two. Took I took his little neck brace off, so he's got a little bit of. <laughs> I give it a month until you break one. Uh, I'm going. The to cat broke an Adam foot one when we like first moved in here, so. I'm gonna uh, cut he's... that into a gif. I hope you know that gif. Yeah. <laughs> bobbling with the bobblehead bobbling. I'll get Nico to do it with me the next time we're. Uh... It's a good bobble. <laughs> Next time we're in the in the locker room. <laughs> uh, okay, I do want to keep it a little bit shorter today. Uh, any final thoughts from anyone on on the Avs contracts or, or league wide? They're in a really good spot, but a really bad spot because they're loaded with talent. But trying to keep that talent is always the challenge. And yeah, you see what the drain looks like. It's inevitable that that drain it started this last summer. Uh, with Burakovsky and Kadri and and Kemper, and it's going to continue because the other part of this, Miko's contract expires the same times that Gor- that Gorgiev's does. So they're back into that goaltender market, either giving Gorgiev a fat raise because he's earned it, or they're doing the Gorgiev Grubauer thing again. They could be yellowing in, and then you never know. They could be, yeah. 
But I think that's that's yeah. everybody's hope is that Ananen at that point is the backup has replaced Frankie on a two or three year deal for relatively cheap of his own, and that's you know that's that's where they get savings. That's where they may make a little bit of that money back. Also, all the people in the chat who are like, oh, well, Comfer's contract ends. Well, you have to replace Comfer. Yep. Uh, and if you're going to keep Newhook, if, if Ben Myers is going to be, if Ben Myers is going to have a good year, you have to pay Ben Myers. You know, like, you have to pay to keep these guys or uh, to keep these guys uh, that you like. <laughs> guys, don't worry. Your bona fide middle six penalty killer contract is expiring. You don't have to worry <laughs> about it. It's like, oh, that guy that'll still be in his 20s? Fuck. <laughs> yeah, like I think it's I think the writing is absolutely on the wall that uh JT Comfer is leaving in free agency next year. Oh, somebody is somebody is going to pay him, but then you have to find JT Comfer's right, replacement. Right, right. No, I know, and that was my only point is like it's like, yeah, you can say his money's coming off, but you need to find someone that does what he does. Yeah. And, and at least a third of that money is going to go to his replacement, even if you right. get that guy on the cheap. <laughs> Right. It's not like you just remove three and a half million and you're like, we've got three and a half million to play with. Well, you know, you don't just remove Eric Johnson's six million and say you have an extra six to play with. It's not really how it works because you need to find us. Now you have to find another defenseman. Right. That's probably going to be another couple million because defensemen aren't super free. cheap anymore. Yeah. All right. Well, Anyway. It's a little bit of a fun show today. If you want actual season preview stuff, our first preview video drop. No, look, Tazy, yeah, I got dunked on pretty hard. Uh, we we previewed the Metropolitan Division today. We have previews coming out every single day for the rest of the time until the season actually starts. So if you want more hard-hitting conversation about the league, go check out the video on the Metro that dropped today. Highly recommend. Also, be sure to like and subscribe here on YouTube. The subscriptions especially. Hey, look, at there it is. There's the video. Well, there's an ad before the video. Yeah, I was gonna say, oh, there's an ad. <laughs> I, get an ad blocker, you maniac. I know. What people is the go deal? on the internet? Did you guys see? Did you guys see that? Um, there's some sites that are considering doing five minute or five unskippable ads. Yeah, no, that's ad blocker starts. immediately. It's just, it's just the principle of that, where it's just like, okay. I haven't watched an ad on YouTube in years. Like Same. I, I don't know what Aren't that's you like. Guys just Maybe cool. you guys should help me then. Yeah, you got say, it. Anytime, anytime. Talking, tell us how to do it. Help Google me. U Block Origin. Yeah, Download. No, Done. What do you mean? You ne- need this help is what doing next it. Monday's meeting will be. Will be you guys. The first five minutes are going to be you guys putting ad blockers on mine, Megan's, and Allie's. Laptops. <laughs> Graphics really popped off with these division video previews. Yeah, that looks awesome. I do like them quite a bit. So go check out that video for today. We're gonna get out of here. We'll be back tomorrow, of course, with a post game show after the Avs' final preseason game, and then it really is the run up to the regular season. So we appreciate all of y'all, and we will see you on the next one.